0: Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Trash Recap Podcast. I'm Joe from B1029. We also have Shyler from B1029. And we are recapping and discussing some of the entertainment stories from the week of March 13th, 2023. So this one came as a shock to everyone. And people were, I i feel like we were kind of cheering for this moment to happen at some point. Uh, Lindsay Lohan announced that uh, she and her husband, uh, Bader Seamus, are pregnant. Well, he's not that pregnant, so but she exciting. is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: is so exciting. You know, we we've seen we've seen Lindsay in such a crappy light the last long time. <laughs> you know, it's like I've been waiting for, I mean, I I don't know. When you think of Lindsay Lohan, you think of drama. And I'm I'm ready for her to be like to step into her Britney era, where she, you know, she's kind of established herself as her own. I know Britney's still up and down and it's speculative, but I've yeah, I've been waiting for her to to become a little more stabilized in herself, in her relationships in her future. And like be. this seems like she's really on the right track. I mean, not that you have to get pregnant to be on the right track, but I mean making these kinds of decisions, moving forward with her life without any regard for other people's opinions. That's where we want her to be. You know, we want her to be confident in herself and I'm proud of her. I, this is very exciting. Congratulations to them.
0: Yeah. Uh, She shared a photo on Instagram it's a white onesie with coming soon written on it. And then she captioned it, that we were blessed and excited with the prayer heart and baby emojis. Um, so even her mom, Dina told people that, you know, she's been, she's been trying and it finally happened. And so they're all excited, obviously. Um, but yeah. yeah, you're right. I mean, Lindsay, yeah, she went through that phase where, you know, it was kind of, eh, you know, a little, little dicey there with, with Lindsay for a while and then she was just kind of like gone. Like yeah, you just didn't hear from Lindsay ever again. And just kind of slowly, you know, would pop up here and there. And and now, you know, now she's she's popped in a big way. So
1: yeah, it's like so she's awesome. it's like the child star syndrome. It's like the, the Macaulay yeah. Culkin effect, where you know it's really really bad for a little, little while, and then they're just gone. And then they resurface successful and happy and secure. And I love that. I mean, Macaulay Culkin and Brenda song just welcomed, well, secretly welcomed last year, their second child. So it's like, yeah, this is, this is what we want for child stars to not be a mess and to be successful and happy doing what they want to do and how they want to do it rather than for our own entertainment or for their parents' bank accounts.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's been a real
1: mess.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it really has. Uh, Also, uh, Paris Hilton, her memoir came out, and there was a few revelations in there. So one of the things she talked about, obviously, was the whole tape scandal um, way back when. Um, She shared her thoughts on that, um, and she says that, quote, that tape made when I was not legally old enough to be served a rum and Coke in a bar was released and monetized against my will. But when that thing hit the internet, the full weight of public outrage, scorn and disgust came down on me instead of the massive crowd of people who bought and sold it, sparking a steady drip of fake Paris Hilton tapes and blazing a trail for a whole cottage industry that would ruin the lives of their, of other vulnerable teenage girls in the future. And so when she prefaced that, she also talked about Pink's video for Stupid Girl, where Pink kind of parodied that that sex tape a little bit, if mm-hmm. you remember the, the, the video. So she goes on to say that, look, there's no Pink-Paris feud. In fact, she says that um, Pink is, quote, effing awesome, brilliant. And so I'm glad to see that. You know, even though Pink kind of in a way teased the fact about that at the time, there is no bad blood about it. I mean, obviously she she didn't what didn't feel the best about it, but she just wants to let let people know look, there's no there's no bad blood, there's no feud between Pink and I over that video.
1: Well, Um, and it unfortunately, like Paris Hilton is such a pop culture icon that She's been spoofed, parodied, and ridiculed in many different ways and formats. And it just shows like how far we've come as a society. Like even Gretchen Wilson, even country music. There's a song called California Girls that Gretchen Wilson wrote. And like the line is like that Paris Hilton gets under her skin with her bleach blonde hair and painted on tan. And it's like what? Like looking back on it, it's like that is so cringy. Why? Why do we care about what about Paris Hilton's hair color or any anything right. like that? I'm I'm glad that we've kind of gotten out of just hating other girls for the sake of hating other girls or mocking them.
0: And I think during that time, you know, we had that was when Kim Kardashian was starting yes. to, you know, pop into pop culture, you know, Paris Hilton was already there. I think during that time Paris and and Kim and and Nicole Richie you know, of course, Paris and Nicole were in the simple life and their whole portrayal was, you know, these rich socialite California girls are doing these everyday jobs and they're just, and they, and they come across as very, you know, uptight and just, it, it it kind of sent to me the wrong message. And I think now that Paris and Nicole have kind of grown up and Kim have kind of grown up and realized that they've, kind of have grown out of that phase, thankfully, and, and are not very, you know what's the word I'm looking for?
1: No, you're I right. Like
0: say, I want to say uppity, but that, that's not the right word to use. But uppity. pretentious. Pretentious, yes. That's the word I'm yeah. looking for. Yes. You know, I think that now they've grown out of that. They're a little bit more down to earth, a little. I mean granted, granted it is the Hiltons and the Kardashians. Down to earth well, is a little bit different compared to how we see down to earth down here. And, yeah. And they're done with accepting
1: like the ditzy piece, like being ditzy, being cute, like being ignorant. Like that was all yes. part of like this coy, sexy image that they had built in the beginning of their career because that, I mean, that's just what they thought was the formula. And now they're like, oh no, I'm actually college educated. Kim Kardashian's a friggin' lawyer. Like, you know, like They're all, I mean, Paris Hilton's an activist. She's been writing bills and stuff for, for the government. Like she, like they're all very highly intelligent women and they, you're right. They've just matured into such a, a, like a better place that of course, stuff like that from the past isn't going to bother Paris Hilton because she's, she is the best version of herself.
0: Mm -hmm. And And, you know,
1: you have to go through all that crap to kind of get there sometimes.
0: Yeah. And so Uh, Paris actually talks about some of her relationships and, of course, includes Kim Kardashian. And this one I was a little surprised about. So she, she says that Kim balances her out, like that Kim and she balance each other out. She says, quote, I was a disorganized night owl. Kim was an efficient early riser. It felt good to have someone I knew I could trust and depend on. We went everywhere together, New York, Las Vegas, Miami, Australia, Germany, and Ibiza. And she recalls one night they were in Ibiza and she and Kim quote, looked out for each other and kind of were back each, you know, kind of had the, the, the girl back up, you know, just making sure everyone was okay. And so that actually surprised me. Like I would not expect Kim Kardashian to be the efficient early riser. <laughs> no, maybe that, maybe that's very presumptuous of me. But I'm like, really, Kim Kardashian as the efficient early riser, just just based on what we've seen in the past. But again, I I think that now, Kim, I could see her as the efficient early riser. Kim back in 2008, nine. I don't know if I could see Kim as being the efficient early riser.
1: I think I could. I mean. Let me let me let me see something real fast. So so. I've always felt like him has like, Kim's not the oldest Courtney's the oldest, but Kim right. comes across as the oldest. So I think that's, I think that's what it is that she is. She's got that oldest child mentality. So which, which forces you to kind of be like early riser, like peacekeeper kind of, kind of thing. So I, I think that, I think that does make sense
0: mm-hmm.
1: how I've but always she- seen though, but
0: and then she talks about Nicole Ritchie. She calls them, you know, the, the, the ride or die. Um, she says, I quote, when we were teenagers riffing off each other, doing silly voices, everyone around us was dying. We were dying. I'm dying now just thinking about it. I mean, those two, <laughs> I mean, just peas in a pod.
1: Uh, talk about besties.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, she also talked about, do you remember back in 2006, they called it the Holy Trinity photo? It was Lindsay Lohan, Britney Spears, and Paris in a car. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. So she talked about how that all came about, and it was just random, is what it really was. Is um, she goes on to say that um, Paris and uh, Britney were in the car, and she said it kind of got awkward when Lindsay just got into their two seater car with them. But she says she doesn't recall any other details and they drove away together. Uh-huh. Um, and she adds that, you know, we're not really close, but, you know, I always wish her well. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, said that, you know, Brittany looked like, quote, a gorgeous angel princess bride when she got married to Sam um, Asghari. Um, so, yeah, you know, that was that was some of the things that she talked about in her memoir as far as some of her relationships. Which is actually kind of cool to kind of get a little insight on again, behind the scenes and what actually happened in in, in someone's own words, right, Absolutely. and what we read.
1: Yeah, speculative tabloid stories and whatnot. Yes. It's nice to hear it from her.
0: That is mm-hmm. cool. Um, Christina Ricci, she was on The View uh, talking about, obviously, her time on The Yellow Jacket. She's on the show The Yellow Jacket. She's also in Wednesday. Um, and so one of the questions that was asked um, was... You know, obviously she started out as a childhood actor or actress and kind of working now with some younger ones like like Jenna Ortega and Wednesday and just how it is to kind of see them kind of grow and how it's different now than when Christina was later age. And she says it's really great. She says us older ladies talk about it all the time. I mean, I will consider Christina Ricci old. (laughs) I don't either. Um, She says it's amazing to see that they don't necessarily have to go through the things we had to go through. And that's when Christina brought up that she was once almost sued for not wanting to do a sex scene. And so she didn't name the project, um, but she said that someone, quote, someone threatened to sue me once because I didn't want to do this sex scene in a certain way it's really changed and it's great to see regarding the boundaries and how now it's kind of, um, it's not so much how it was with, with certain scenes, intimacy scenes on film and TV where now, even now they have even like a, an intimacy coordinator. And so it's more of like making sure that whoever's in the scene is comfortable. The, the, the crew is like really sized down for that scene. So it's not yeah. just everybody in the room watching them, you know, acting to go at it <laughs> in a way. Yeah, it is um, but yeah, I mean, look that it, it's it's totally different now. And and I kind of think that's that's definitely good to see. Um, especially on the women's side. I mean, I look, I can't speak for the women, but I mean you hear the stories, especially in the last gosh, like five, six, seven years of all the things that you know went on behind the scenes and how you know, they were kind of forced to either be naked or do certain things. They're like, uh, I don't want to, but, you know, they're early in their career and they don't want to say no. So they're almost yeah. taken advantage of.
1: That's exactly what's happening. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's what sucks so much. And then to be threatened with legal action. That is so I, bizarre. Yeah. I mean, are, are you guys suing, you know, George Clooney? Cause he doesn't want to get down with somebody in a, in a sex scene. Like that's, I don't, I don't get it. Like I just, Oh, and I've never – I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I've never watched a movie and been like, that sex scene could have been done better or that needed a sex scene.
0: Like, you know it's, what I mean? Like, it's it's, it's just, almost uncomfortable. It's you know, totally because uncomfortable. I you don't want to see there sex scenes. It, you're sitting there watching the scene and all of a sudden you're like, okay. And ah, they're kissing. And it's like, oh, 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 yes. okay. And you don't know – like, you you, you – it's a train wreck. You you want to you don't want to, but you're you're kind of looking out of the the corner of your eye and then it's over and you're like could we just maybe just alluded to the fact that they that they did it, you know, yeah, like in just, some in some movies like you know they kiss and you know fade to black, next scene next morning they're both in bed, they got the sheets covered. I was like, "Okay, yeah, we know what happened. Do we yes. really need to see it?" No, not really. We don't need to. uh uh-uh.
1: Ex- Exactly. I mean, a very rarely are those scenes even necessary in my opinion? And right. I mean, yeah, I really I mean, unless unless it is unless the actor is one hundred thousand million percent okay with being in situations like those, I really don't I really don't see the the reason for like the necessity of it. I just don't right. I don't I don't get exactly. it. Exactly. I they're mean they're not
0: for there's, me. There's yeah, there's a whole other genre that we'll not talk yeah. about that that's pretty much what they do. But yeah, exactly. The films we go in actual theaters to see.
1: Yeah, I hate to <laughs> no, break it to you, but there is, yeah, there is a whole there are many websites that are completely dedicated to those sex scenes. <laughs> exactly. Look those up.
0: Exactly. I mean, look, if, oh, if there goodness. is no actual pertinent need for I mean, if it's like a historical, like accurate, maybe. But yeah, yeah I, I don't like, see the need to, to just Find the two characters that you know either it's a spur of the moment or yeah i just i don't i don't see the point it's 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 a little uncomfortable at times to do that to watch it
1: yeah and i I really do hate to bring her up again but olivia wilde like with her her deal with don't worry darling like oh this is female empowerment is it though like exploiting florence and making exactly you know, putting putting these actors in this situation. I mean, it's Harry Styles who's the male actor in these scenes. Like it's like, don't you think that you're kind of exploiting the fact that he has a huge female fan base that and 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 Florence Pugh is beautiful and has a huge fan base. Like that's what it is. Like you just like it's a it's almost like a sick like power fantasy to me. I don't like it. It's weird. I know I I
0: don't, it's crazy, I don't need especially it. especially like because you're watching the movie and you know in the back of your mind, you know, Harry Styles is dating the director.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, it takes and like the magic out of it anyway. When you, when you see anyway. certain
0: things with, you know, other actors and actresses, and you know that they're married to somebody else, and you're like, you're kind of thinking like, in the back of your mind, I mean, obviously they know that it's part of the job, but still you're watching them create this scene, and you know what's make-believe, but still you're like, in the back of your mind, it's like, uh, why? I don't, I don't, yeah, it's- I don't want to see my significant other doing whatever it is with someone else on the big screen or on TV.
1: Yeah, I understand. It's just a job. It's just work. It's still weird. It's, it's still weird. I think, in my opinion. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll get off my soapbox <laughs> now. But like, yeah, ew. And then we've got situations like and Jolie and Brad Pitt, where oops, <laughs> yeah, turns out our, we're just really good at acting. We fell in love with each other, like. Come on. It's just unnecessary.
0: It is. All right. Moving on to maybe unnecessary comments on both ends. Um, But Jenna Ortega, she was on the Armchair Expert podcast, um, and she talked about her time on Wednesday. And so she admitted that at times, yeah, she would be a little unprofessional by changing some of the lines while on set. And here's what she said. She said, quote, I don't think I ever had to put my foot down on a set in the way that I had to on Wednesday because it's so easy to fall into that category, especially with this type of show. And this is what in pushing back on some of the lines for the show or some of the things that Wednesday, I guess, originally was written to do. And Jenna thought that, well, that's not what Wednesday would do. And so she goes on to say that everything that she does, everything that I had to play did not make sense for her character at all. Her being in a love triangle made no sense. There was a line about, quote, like this dress that she has to wear for a school dance, and she said, oh, my God, I love it. Oh, I can't believe I said that. I literally hate myself, and I had to go, no, there's no way. And so, I look, I can understand because you're playing the character, you, you embody yourself as that character, and someone maybe writing it in their mind, like, oh, that'd be a great line, but maybe sometimes not thinking about it actually playing out now there has always been the case of rewrites and reshoots because you see it one way and you're like, Oh yeah, that's not really how it should go. And so either they cut the scene or rewrite this, you know, whatever happens, happens in production or post-production. Yeah. So Steven Denight, he's a, a producer filmmaker, uh, filmmaker worked on the Netflix series, Daredevil, also Jupiter's legacy, uh, directed Pacific rim uprising went on to Twitter and kind of criticized Jenna's comments on that podcast. So he wrote, quote, she's young, so maybe she doesn't know any better, and then parentheses, but she should. She should also ask herself how she would feel if the showrunners gave an interview and talked about how difficult she was and refused to perform the material, which, well, okay, I can, I can yeah, I could see that. Excellent rebuttal. Yep. And then he adds, quote, this kind of statement is beyond entitled and toxic. I love her work, but life's too short to deal with people like this in the business. So, I mean, oh I'm sure Steven, Stevens had this probably happen to him in his career in Hollywood, working with some people that felt that it should be one way or, you know, the other, whatever it is. Um, so people then got on Denite's comments and kind of slammed him. So he went on to defend himself a little bit. He said, quote, my comments were about breaking the trust that we all have on set and during the production process and that our creative differences will stay in the same family. It was never about her creative concerns, which were valid. He said, again, I can't stress this enough. She's an amazing talent. It was just an unfortunate situation to expose creative differences publicly And also, I'll admit that writers are on edge because of the impending strike, myself included, a perfect storm. So uh, what he is alluding to is that it might be a possible strike uh, when it comes to uh, contracts with the Alliance of the Motion Picture and Television Producers. This is from a variety. Um, So members of the Writers Guild of America are possibly going to go on strike, which if that happens, movies are going to get pushed back yet again. Uh, So hopefully that doesn't happen, but look, I agree. I I think that if you're an actress, because I mean, look, uh, writers don't always get it. Don't always get to do as much publicity as the actors and actresses do. You don't, you don't see the writer of so-and-so showing up on Jimmy Fallon. You see whoever's going to play the character show up on Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel or whatever show it may be. Um, And so when they go on to say, oh, well, you know, this wasn't right and this wasn't right. It almost kind of makes you wonder like, well, was it even a fun show to make? I mean, are, are you really invested in this to do this show again or movie or whatever it is? And I think you also paint a target on your back because now people that maybe want to have Jenna Ortega, for example, be in another project or thinking about it. it's like, well, now that she's saying all this, do we even want to work with her? I mean, is it going to be this much of a process to get her to be on this project with us is it worth it
1: well i want to be i want to be completely real cuz i i am a jenna ortega stan i love her work i think she's beautiful i think she's incredibly talented and i think she is intelligent and the thing is if you've watched wednesday she is wednesday like mm-hmm. she she just fits so seamlessly into that role that even though, I mean, I, I'm i with you. I think it's a little pretentious to be like, mm, I know you wrote this character, but I am this character and I'm going to change everything. But she's she's not wrong in a lot of no. what she's saying. You know, Wednesday would never be like, oh my God, I love that dress. Like, no, it would never happen. And the way that she, I mean, yeah, it, it might be an inconvenience, but it paid off. I don't hear Netflix complaining I don't hear, you know what I mean? Like, I don't hear the money that they're raking in for a second season and whatnot. I I don't, you know, that's not really an issue. And I don't think, I think in this situation, she might've peeved off some people, but I think it paid off in the right ways. And I don't think she's doing this in every single role. I mean, she was in Scream. She's been in, uh, you, she's, she's been in countless, um, movies and TV shows and stories. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's never been, like, no one else is coming forward and saying, like, oh, yeah, she's a pain. It's just this Wednesday thing. But I think it's because she loved this project so much. And she really felt like she had, I mean, she obviously was cultivated in a way where she was listened to. Mm -hmm. So it's not like she was like, I'm just not going to play this part unless you rewrite this stuff. She was just saying, "I I don't think this is what she would say. I think we should rework this. And they listened to her. I mean, they could have said, oh, kick rocks. You don't want to play the part. You don't want to do it the way it's written. Get gone. They didn't. They listened to her because she had great ideas.
0: Right. I think she probably could have went about it a different way, though, instead of.
1: But she's young. She don't know. Oh, she I know.
0: Don't know. Oh, she'll, yeah. And, and I think this is a <laughs> she'll lesson. She'll learn. For, right. And I think that's what Stephen tonight was trying to say is, you know. Yes. Look, you can, you can have creative differences. That's fine. Just don't be so public and descriptive about it, you know? Well, it's
1: it's like the I mean, Noah Schnapp thing with the Doja Cat stuff. Like you, right. you don't know what you don't know until you're in the hot seat and then you're in the hot seat and you're like, oh crap. Yeah, you're right. I probably shouldn't have handled it that way because you're young and you do stupid things when you're a kid or, you know, you're just kind of in the moment and excited right. or whatever. And she's probably really proud of the changes that she made in the show and, and, and grateful that the team listened to her and reflected her wishes in the scripts So she's probably it was probably just more like excitement than her trying to be like, yeah, the writers didn't know what they were doing. So I had to step up, you know, and and I think that taking offense to that is a little immature on his part as well. I mean, nobody's in the wrong. Nobody's in the right in this situation. Like things could have been handled differently on all fronts, I think, in my Mm -hmm. opinion.
0: Well, you know, for someone that maybe is also very passionate about projects and working on the creative side, you know, probably saw that or, or not saw that but heard that podcast obviously and probably was like, well, wait a minute you know that that's not right So it's, I think you got two passionate people on opposite ends saying things that you like you said no one's in the right, no one's in the wrong just yeah. passionate and I, and I think that they they just didn't quite get their message across the way it meant to come across. You're like,
1: right. I've had like my lyrics changed. Like I've written songs before because I used to be in a band back home and I've I've written whole songs before and I mean like I sing with my whole chest like I mean every word. It means the world to me. It's literally like my blood, sweat and tears on paper and then I sing it or I sing the melody that I come up with and there's you know, creative differences. Someone's like, hey, I wish you would take it up instead of going down or, you know, change the lyric here so it flows a little bit better. And it's really easy to get offended when you have so much passion and heart behind your work. So I I get it. But also like, no one's saying that anybody couldn't do their job. So somebody else had to do it. You know what I mean? It's just, it's it's just creative opinions. And and you can always say, I don't want to listen to that. We're gonna do it this way, and if that wasn't well, the case, and that wasn't
0: the case, it's yeah. not a big deal. And it, it all comes down to Tim Burton, who's the director.
1: Yeah, I mean, it all comes down Jenna.
0: to him. So if mean, if he, he agrees, if he agreed with Jenna, that's the <laughs> way it goes. If he agree with the writers, it goes the other way. You know, whether you won one or you lost one, it doesn't matter. It all comes down to the director, Tim Burton, with yeah, I agree, or no, we're gonna keep it this way. Yeah. So you just either do it or kick rocks like you said
1: well and jenna had even said like like she she was doing so much for this show you know she was in cello lessons she was having to choreograph her own dance for that dance scene like there was so much that she was doing she was very committed to this role very committed and very just immersed in it so Mm -hmm. i don't i I don't know like i i hope that what i'm worried about is that in the future we're going to see like her on PR tours for upcoming projects. And they're going to be like, so did you rewrite any scenes? You know what I mean? Like, and that's, I'm worried that that's always going to follow her. Right. Because and of I, the, the reaction.
0: Yeah. And I think that, you know, the next interview that she gives about Wednesday or her, her time on the show, probably choose your words a little better. You know, yeah. like for example, don't say I, I had to put my foot down. I can't believe I said this line. Just say, look, I said I was so immersed in the show, you know, that we had some there were some things that, you know, I think that we needed to change and it worked. Um, but I I think that the 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 lines that come out of that were, you know, I've had to put my foot down and I can't believe I said that and she wouldn't do that. I think that when you see that you're like, "Geez, I mean, did you, you kind of want like, well, did the writers even know like have any idea about what yeah. the Wednesday character is?" I mean, it, it kind of makes you wonder were the writer's that bad? Or... Well, and
1: everybody's creative interpretation is going to be different. Right. So like what they,
0: different.
1: like you had mentioned, what they wrote for the character and versus what they actually saw come through, it was like, oh, it changes. There's been plenty of shows and movies where they've had oh, exactly. to completely rewrite. Look at um, Shrek. Didn't Mike Myers record it in in a Canadian accent? The the whole, and then had to then made them re. Vo- re his part in a Scottish accent, which cost them millions of dollars, but because it was like, it didn't make sense. He did the whole thing, or like almost the whole thing. It was like, nope, I don't like that. We're doing it again. Like, it happens all the time.
0: Yeah, it does. And I think that people, you know, those that are been in the business a bit longer kind of obviously changed their, don't, don't allude to the fact that they were the ones that had to change everything, and they, you know, again, put their foot down, like what Jenna said. Um but you're right she's young and I think that it's a lesson for her that mm-hmm. okay that's great that you did that and you were so involved with the character um but maybe change your words into a way that doesn't that makes it seem not so
1: <sighs> Yeah not so confrontational not so Yeah exactly uh. just
0: just kind of just go like yeah you know we we talked about we you know we kind of changed some things cool that makes it seem like hey, everyone was on the same page. There's no I won, they lost, or I lost, they won type thing. It's a a collaborative effort as a whole between writers, directors, actors, actresses. That even if there was some tension behind the scene, no one needs to know.
1: Well, how old is Jenna Ortega? I, <sighs> like nineteen.
0: You know, I don't even know if she's even twenty one yet.
1: That's what I mean. It's like how she's many 20. times? <laughs> yeah, she's exactly.
0: twenty. So, so there you go. We were close. She probably
1: is watching back these scenes where she's going, Oh, I love that dress. And she's like, Okay, that was Jenna. Like Jenna said, Oh my God, I love that dress, not Wednesday. You know what I mean? Like, because that's a very 19 mm-hmm. year old girl thing to say. Like, oh my God, I love that. I like you right. know, that's that's normal, yeah. normal girl language, normal people language. So but but Wednesday is not a normal person. So
0: No, not at all. So it, yeah, it does. I mean, look,
1: I mean, it makes sense.
0: She did an awesome job. And whatever changes she made obviously worked for the show. Um, I kind of felt like there was nothing really too much out of character for Wednesday.
1: No, yeah, um, it was very. So, much. But
0: it was overall great show, and and I think everyone that was on the show did a great job. One hundred percent. Take my PR statement. I yeah, there you it. go. <laughs> All right. Following up with our was story, this one uh just came up over the weekend. Ooh, so Do you jealous. remember? Do you remember Good Burger? back in the nineties. Oh, you mean Kel Mitchell? Good burger. Yeah. Keenan and Kel. Heck yes. So they announced that uh good burger 2 is coming later this year. <laughs> Shut your mouth.
1: Are you serious?
0: Yeah. It's going to come out later this year on Paramount plus. So Keenan and Kel actually did a, a little Instagram video together where Keenan does his, I'm sorry. Kel does his signature line. Oh, mother good burger. Can I take your order?
1: Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Let me see if I can find it.
0: Okay. Um, but yeah, the, so I remember all do you remember all that on Nickelodeon? Gosh, it was it was Keenan. That's where Keenan Thompson got his start, was on all that. It was like the the preteen version of Saturday Night Live.
1: Absolutely. It was an adorable skit show. I watched it yeah. all the time. Keenan and Kel mm-hmm. got their own spin-off. They had such a great like energy working together. Like you could tell that they really enjoyed working together. They they played off of one another so well.
0: They Mm -hmm.
1: prime that it's been 25 years and we're just now getting Good Burger 2. This is insane.
0: I know. And so that that whole skit start on all that and then of course they they turned it into a film in 97. And now 25 years later we're getting the sequel.
1: (laughs) That is gonna be so cute though.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, look, it, it's not—it's not really generated to be a moneymaker. It's—it's it's kind of like something that Keenan and Kell probably wanted to do for a while, and so—and there's now, all
1: obviously the recurring joke that Hollywood just doesn't have any original ideas, so they're well, tapping yeah, into
0: they're tapping crowd into, pleasers. Yes, exactly for for people that remember those those skits and at n- that time.
1: Nostalgia is a moneymaker, man.
0: It like is. I'm going to buy it.
1: Like I'm going to go and see it for sure. Yeah.
0: I mean, so, so it's going to anyway. be
1: Sorry, yeah. It's going to be like um like a new cast. So it's going to be Keenan and Kel, of course, um at Good Burger kind of reconnecting with a new crew at Good Burger.
0: Right. So they're the guys that never left the fast food place. <laughs> we love to see yeah, it, man. I mean so what now is going to have to happen is you have to go back and watch Good Burger. Cause I can't remember the last, I probably saw the last time I saw Good Burger was probably in 97. Yeah, really. Um, go back and watch that and then watch the sequel coming out later this year on Paramount plus.
1: I can't believe it's going to be done so quickly. Like they just announced it. Production's going to start in May and then they're going to release it within the year.
0: Yeah. So I guess there's not a lot of special effects.
1: Oh, well that's the magic of it. It doesn't need it.
0: Well, no, I mean, look how they did it back in the days of all that back in the 90s. There were no special effects. And if there were, they were very cheesy.
1: Let me tell you right now, I don't even like orange soda, but I love orange soda. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) I don't even like it for real, but I love it.
0: (laughs) Well, on that note, that's going to end this episode of the (laughs) Weekly Trash Recap Podcast. As a recap and discuss some of the big entertainment stories from the week, catch up on past Hollywood gossip with our past episodes at B1029.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe, too, as we drop new episodes every Tuesday. For Schuyler, I'm Joe from B1029. We'll talk to you again next week.